Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast, where we will lay out some ridiculous bets with you guys. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. Uh, that's a that's a pretty good tease. I wonder what kind of bets we're about to get into. Bet may not be the right word. Wager? Wager, yeah. I'm wagering my beard. Maybe a bold claim. But yeah, I'm, I'm challenging you guys to share and get your friends to listen to the episode because I will shave the beard for you guys if... Over this, the next two episodes, this preview episode and the instant reaction, if you guys download those two episodes, a total of 1,500 times. 1,500 times. Hundo. 1,500. And I'm, I'm telling you, I, I look at this beard it's magnificent. at least once, sometimes twice a week. It's, it's a specimen. It's a, it, it's a piece of art. So for him to risk it... For the sake of downloads is... If you haven't seen it yet, I will provide pictures of its current state. It's not like... You need evidence. It's not like in great state. It needs to be trimmed up a little bit anyways. It needs to be lined up at least. Goodness. <laughs> but I'm challenging you all. Download this. Share it with your friends. Make them download it. 1,500 downloads and... Babyface Spencer will be known to the world. The beard will be gone. Now, I'm trying to get into our, our hosting site so I can tell you what your current record is, but I'm getting a 404 error. Which hosting site? Podbean. Let's oh, go, I see. I see. Well, if I can get that to, to come up while we are recording, we will uh, we will bring that to you. If not, just know your record for instant reaction is still Oklahoma State, where you had... Nearly 600 downloads. I think the preview episode was probably in the 300s. So you're probably looking at about 900 or 1,000. Need another 50% on top of that, and the beard's going bye-bye. He's asking. He's asking for it. How, how are we going to do that? Would it need to be filmed of some sort? Dude, we could do it on Periscope. We could do it on Periscope. I could film... You shaving off your beard. That'd be kind of weird because I'd be like in my bathroom or something. But. Yeah, and I'd be standing over you with a camera. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We, we might rethink that. Maybe maybe in a yard. Somewhere in a, with maybe in a cotton field. <laughs> I, I live I live in the middle of a cotton field. There you go. Okay. That's a little... <laughs> of course, if someone drives by, there's just a guy out there shaving and a guy filming. That I, I don't know. We'll think of something. We will. All right. So Michael had his broadcast radio debut this morning 
on the Rob Bro Show. Yeah. Shout First out. off, shout out to Rob. Thanks for for inviting us on. Um, Michael graciously accepted the invitation. Was in studio this morning. Sounded fantastic. Thank you. Said my name a bunch. I love that. I did. I, I tried to plug this. Plug the podcast. Plug our humble Staking podcast as much as I could. And and Seth's great side over at Staking the Planes that most all of y'all are, I'm sure, aware of and, and go to was, daily. He was super complimentary of the work that uh, that Seth does. Yeah. Rob said it's it really comes in handy to have that morning steak uh, good to go when you have a 7 a.m. <laughs> sports radio show to host. I, I would imagine. It's one of the first things he checks out in the morning just to kind of catch up real quick on any tech news so uh it, so how thanks does it again go? rob how uh, does it go? i i listened to i listened to the replay the uh, the recording you guys talked a lot about um the dallas cowboys admittedly i would not have been able to keep the conversation as, as high as you guys did you guys talked about the recent trades and right I'm uh, blanking they, now. yeah they they picked up amari cooper for a first round draft pick so now which seems th- steep it does seem a little steep, but does seem very Jones-esque. Um, and supposedly, Rob was saying that had come from Steven. So even if Jerry is gone someday, which I don't know if he ever will be, that <laughs> he will run the team from the grave. We can still look forward to these types of really high-risk decisions from the, the people that will be in charge. Uh, but, yeah, we, we talked about that. Um, I think the Raiders have three first-round picks next year, and then they have yeah, two the year after that. So I think Gruden is in just in full rebuilding mode. But he's, he's stockpiling those first-round picks, whereas now the Cowboys have zero. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> so, um, You guys talked about the other Michael McDonald? We did. I, I had to mention, because Rob's intro music... Uh, his bumper? Yeah, or no, no, not his bumper music. His his intro music that he plays on the hour mm. that, that leads into his show. I, is, I don't know the correct terms. So. Well, I, I don't know either, but <laughs> but I know that one's different. He play, That one comes on on the hour. And uh, it, it has a, a Michael McDonald sample from, it was actually from a Warren G song, though. So, it, but it is Michael McDonald's uh, version of, oh, man, I've, I had it. I forgot what it was, but that, that was what he had for his, uh, intro music. And then his producer, every time we would come in on bumper music from a commercial, he would play a different Michael McDonald song. Fantastic. (laughs) I got a kick out of it. It was great. Uh, but no, we had a great time. It was, it was really good to be on there. Um, I think we'll be coming back a little bit. There may be a couple of us at STP trading out a little bit. He was interested. Yeah, he did, in, he did invite us over for like a regular segment, yeah. which is... Tuesday morning. Tuesday mornings, it's like butt crack of dawn. Sure, yeah. Not really. Seven, Everybody's already not, up. 720 yeah. is not that early. Yeah, you, you, the guys in Houston and Dallas are probably like an hour into their commute by then. <laughs> I'm like rolling out of the shower at yeah, 720. <laughs> I know. Um, so it, it was a lot of fun. We talked a little bit of tech basketball um, if we felt tech was slided, I think we both kind of, we could kind of see the ranking and I think Dan had a great post today too. I, I wish he'd have posted it like a day earlier cause I'd have been even more prepared cause <laughs> he, he had a really good post on staking the planes about all the new faces on the team and, and uh, addressing that number seven ranking that we were given initially. Um, but Seth pointed it out the other day. I think four through seven really are about tied. I don't think 
there's really much separation in there. And I don't even know if West Virginia should be ranked number three with Javon Carter leaving because that's a big that's a big loss. But anyway, yeah, it, it's going to be hard to, to separate those teams without having seen any games. Right. Yeah. Um, got to got to see some games. A little bit of a little bit of time on the hard floor, which is. Or the hardwood. Hardwood. Here it, it is. It's coming up. Yeah, I think the season starts here in a couple weeks. I think weeks. their exhibition game is the 1st of November. Which is next week. Yeah, next week. For those keeping track. Yeah, be here before we know it. All right, let's get to some football news. Um, first, I guess let's talk about the fantasy performances past week. We were dealing with uh, just two games. On, on Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. On the slate for the Big 12, four teams playing. Means we had to make a lot of interesting roster moves last week and then again this week because we picked up guys that we wouldn't normally carry. I know, and I haven't done any of my roster moves for this week. I've got to get back on that. I I will go just like I just did. I keyed Michael into a – it would have been a fatal flaw. Well, I say that. Potentially fatal flaw. On the bus riding over from the UMC parking lot to the stadium – I was like, look at this idiot who played Jet Duffy for a starting quarterback. Just announced that Alan Bowman's going to start. And he's like, okay, fixed. Because we were we were outside the window where the lineups were locked. Because it was announced right as I was getting out of the, the truck, basically, when I parked about an hour or so before the kickoff, that uh, Bowman would be starting. I was like, look at Michael. He started Duffy. What an idiot. I know. And he, well, and I had dropped Bowman to pick up Duffy. Just for this week, because I, sh- I should have picked Bowman up. I'm, I'm glad. I'm so glad you didn't, because he was still there. So I immediately dropped Duffy and picked up Bowman again. And the good news is, I beat Spencer so soundly. Had I played Jet Duffy, who ended up playing, by the way, and I think threw for a touchdown, or he was three for three. I can't remember. Uh, I no. still would have won. I beat him so soundly. Well, because one guy you had scored 227 points. I think that's where we're going to segue. I don't think we're going to talk about the rest of them. I mean, besides Kyler Murray, his team won by 35. He scored 78 points for me to Alan Bowman's 130. I think the biggest thing we're going to talk about, though, is Kevontae Turpin. He put up 227 points for you and now is no longer with the Horned Frog football team. Yeah, it's it's really – yeah, this is not a – this is a very tainted victory. This is an asterisk victory uh, based off of what <laughs> what came out today. What crap he did after this game and Mm-mm. and this was this has been this is this happened in the spring. The, he just was with released his, with his girlfriend? Mhm. I thought that was just recently. I thought the the deal in New Mexico was a separate 
a separate incident. Maybe I haven't been following it too too closely. I just know that there was an incident back in the spring that TCU claimed to have known about, but then didn't know how serious it was. Anyways, Kevontae Turpin is in some serious yes legal trouble. Yeah, no longer with the TCU football team. Definitely a tainted victory after all that news came out. So we will uh, we will no longer be discussing his uh, his points on the fantasy board. But I did want to bring up. So maybe maybe I'll have a chance because you did beat me by nearly you beat me by 100 and, 160 points. Yeah, it was, was five twenty six to three sixty three. It was a commanding victory to but get like, back to five hundred. Like we're, we said, we're both sitting at four four right now. Four and four, which means it's good. It's been a good good season. Not like I ran away with it or you ran away with it. And I wanted to point out too one other thing. I picked up Clayton Hatfield because he was one of the few kickers that you didn't have that was kicking this weekend. And I only have one kicker. He's done great. He's he had ninety eight points for me. Um, he he hit two because two he, big field goals. He, he had six extra points, and then I looked at it. I think he's the second highest scoring kicker in our league, and I think I've got the other one. So now I'm kind of got a dilemma. I've got two two of the best kickers in in this league that, as we've said before, inexplicably scores way too high for kickers. So I've got decisions to make. But yeah, my lineup. I haven't even touched it. I better figure some stuff out pretty quick. You got some time. All I right. got a little time. We are we are moving quickly, but we don't have an IS, ISU. Well, we do have an Iowa State preview coming. Yes, we do not have a recorded segment with an ISU expert. So you just have to deal with Michael and I rolling with the cliches and the the party lines of party like a Brock star. Oh my gosh! I have to. I really do. Pretty like, and then the what do we got? The greatest, the greatest Bowman. The greatest Bowman was. Is there a, a way? No, we no, 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 no. It was it was the showman Alan Bowman. Oh yeah, they, he kept. He That's kept what Fox that kept in. going to. Whereas Keith says that we should go with some of the things that we came up with when we were at your house, like the greatest Bowman. Yeah, I think that was Labar. That was all Labar coming up yeah. with the greatest Bowman. But let's 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 talk about this game this weekend. Did that's you know? What talking about. Wait, really quick. Did Whoa. you know? Both of these quarterbacks. Are true freshmen. Wait, what? Has has that been mentioned anywhere? The freshman showdown. Oh man. Oh, breaking In news. Ames. What? What else? Alan Bowman has been cleared to fly. Hey, well, that's too bad. That <laughs> he was, doesn't have to ride a bus. I know that was something I offered on Rob's show today. Was uh, if and I, I, I'm not sure. I, I think it got cut out when he re-edited it. Maybe because we were laughing too much or something. But I offered to drive Alan Bowman up to Ames. <laughs> I was like, I've got a comfortable vehicle. I can I can get him there. It's you know expeditiously. It's got I've, I've got new tires. <laughs> it's it's roadworthy. We could make it to Ames. I, I'm offering my services to the tech staff, but I guess I guess they don't need me. So uh, I'll just be over here. What do they know? I've got a great driving record. I haven't gotten a speeding ticket in years. But that's not the. I guess that's not going to be enough for them to call me. I guess not. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the uh, the game this weekend. I am looking for. Sorry, I'm scrolling through our Slack chat looking for a link. Um, link for what? This is going to be interesting. Just Odd Shark. There it is. Oh, um, because it was minus four last I saw. It's changed again. Minus three and a half. 
My gosh, it's well, okay. It's I, swinging. I want to say that I, it started at minus five. I was all, you almost were dead nailed on. it. You were dead on. I think you guessed minus five, minus five and a half on. Uh, and then I said that that feels Saturday, weird. So I was like, I went to six. Yeah, it was right after Kansas game, and you guessed that, and I, I guessed higher just because I thought, well, we're not going to get a whole lot of respect up there. And I was thinking seven and a half or so, but that money has been moving towards. So the good guys, right? But that's that's not the only thing. Texas Tech is picked to cover and to win. So it's not just that people are are, are placing money on on Texas Tech to cover the three and a half point spread, which started off at five. It's down to three and a half. They're predicted to win by a field goal. Thirty three to thirty. What's the over under? Fifty five and a half. So this would be the this would be over. I'm going to take the under on this. I would think I would take the under on this too. 55. Oh, that's tough though. That's, that's like really low. But I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take I'm going to I'm spoiler alert. I'm going to take Texas Tech to cover and to win. What? We we will we will get to that in here in a little bit when we do a little more. Good. Let me think about it more. Statistical <laughs> analysis. I'm not quite I'm not quite sure on my pick yet. This this number seems about right. Although 29 to 30 seems awfully high for Iowa State. I haven't been keeping up with their um, their scores lately. I know that they they've been really low scoring games. Yeah, they've only cracked uh, thirty twice, and once was last week when they scored thirty, and then the other time was the week before when they had forty eight against West or uh, sorry Oklahoma State. So but they put up those 30? are the only two Purdy games. Those are you know cracking thirty with Purdy. Well, but but hold on though. That they put up. You're not even going to acknowledge that that really great mm, no. cracking thirty with Purdy. No, no it's, it's okay. It's That's good. not bad. That's not bad. So Iowa State beat Oklahoma State in Stillwater, forty-eight, forty-two. So consider this: just in the world of the transitive properties here, Iowa State let Oklahoma State score forty-two points. You held them to seventeen, twenty-five fewer points. You scored, oh, I have to go back and look at that game. Um, what did you score against Iowa State? 41? I mean, uh, Oklahoma State? Yeah, 41. So yeah, they scored 41, more. 17, I think. Yeah, they you, they scored more points than you did, but they also had to. There was a drive in that game, in the Texas Tech game against Oklahoma State, where you ran off near like 10 minutes of clock on one drive. That's unheard of like if you were playing to score you would have put up 55 or 60 points i'm surprised they i really think purdy getting in there uh crush y'all are gonna get to hear my west texas self say purdy purdy so much he's so purdy i'm I'm not trying to be funny it's just gonna come out that way some but purdy has made a quite a drastic change in their uh in their offensive output, at least as far as points are concerned, uh, until he was in there, you know, they only scored three against Iowa, they had 27 against Oklahoma. They only scored 26 against Akron. Uh, they only scored 17, no, 14 against TCU. Of course, TCU has a great defense, uh, but once Purdy got in there, you know, they put up 48 against Oklahoma State and then 30 against West Virginia. So they put up 27 against Oklahoma. Yep. I don't know if you just said that or not. Uh, so I, was, I was reading. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Gosh. Okay. So, okay. 
here's here's where I like to look at like statistical comparisons. Texas Tech offense averages 44 points a game. Iowa State averages 24 points a game. Texas Tech defense allows 26 points a game. So like that's really close to being fairly the same. Like mm-hmm. if both the Iowa State offense and the Texas Tech defense is average, Iowa State will score 24 points. The Iowa State defense allows 22 points a game. So that's where it gets like really like there's a big difference there between that's 44 and 22. That's a three touchdown difference. So as long as your offense is just slightly better than their average defense, you're going to win this game. I wanted to. This is a lot of like really strange comparisons. No, but, I wanted to. I wanted to bring up some of these other ones that. But I'd looked up too. Here's something that I just said that you may have missed. What? The Texas Tech defense is averaging giving up 26 points a game. 26. That's when's, number. That is number one in the Big 12 conference. For points allowed. In conference games. Right. Because the Iowa State defense is giving up 22 points a game. Oh, I see. But they also have, well, I can't really fault them for their schedule because our, our schedule was equally as weak. They No, they had a South Dakota State game canceled. They gave up 13 to Iowa, 37 to Oklahoma, 13 to Akron, 17 to TCU, 42 to Oklahoma State, and 14 to West Virginia. So. Yeah, their scoring defense is pretty, uh, it's pretty good. Their their defense just in general is good. As far as compared to Big 12 teams, not, you know, not just against Big 12 opponents, but just every game for the year. Rushing defense, Iowa State is number one. Scoring defense. Well, it, it, Iowa State's number two. Pass defense. Iowa State's number two. Total defense. Iowa State's number one. They're they're at the top of just about every major major statistical category. Again, if you look at the averages between the Texas Tech, well, okay, the Texas Tech offense averages five hundred and fifty two yards a game. Iowa State defense allows three hundred and seventeen yards a game. Something's going to have to give. The Iowa State offense averages 360 yards a game. Texas Tech defense averages allowing 424. So in terms of total yards, which I think is not really a great measure of a defense, because we've seen Texas Tech is giving up 400 yards, but only 26 points. Exactly. Where Iowa State is giving up almost 100 fewer yards and only saving themselves three points. I think um, they'll have their work cut out for them this week to try to put points on these guys. Yeah, we, we've seen we've seen Oklahoma, not Oklahoma State, Iowa State put up some impressive defensive performances against Texas Tech, against Patrick Mahomes, against Nick Shimanek. Interesting to see. I don't, it, it will be interesting to see how Alan Bowman handles that. Now, this will be Kingsbury's third shot at Campbell and this defense. I think it's going to be hard to keep Kingsbury from figuring something out. 
the third time around. I think so too. Uh, he's also got Johns this time around. Yes, he does. Which and has that, been a, I, I think has been a really big game changer for Kingsbury on how he approaches things. We haven't done as good of a job praising what Johns has been able to do for this offense as I think we should have. There's been a huge difference in this offense. One, being able to make adjust some adjustments in-game and to the personnel. Um, rushing outside of this past weekend has been really good. Uh, you've got some actual run blocking involved. You're, the, the broadcast guys are almost always surprised where you'll see Texas Tech offensive line will they'll pull two, two guys to the left and they'll run behind them one play. They'll pull two offensive, offensive linemen to the left and then run to the right away from it. So it's there's are setting up tendencies going against them to keep the defense off balance. If you're pulling offensive linemen against three defensive linemen, like what, what you'll see in, T, in Iowa State, you're going to get some offensive linemen in space going after linebackers and defensive backs. Hopefully they'll be able to pick up those guys and, because when you think about guys in space, I, I would I would tend to – give the advantage to the defensive backs and linebackers over the offensive linemen. But if they can get enough in the way, your defense, sorry, your rushing offense should be able to move the ball a little bit, maybe enough to keep it, keep Iowa State from dropping eight back every dang play. In the the cloud. That cloud 3D, you're going to hear that as much this weekend as party line. Party like a rock star. The cloud three or whatever they call it. Freshman QBs. But here's the thing. Here, here's where, where I take a little bit of some confidence is TCU also drops three safeties. Now, you've scored 17 points on them, right? That's not like a lot. But it was with your third string quarterback. Yeah, I, I was trying to figure out how to phrase that. It, you were on the road, like you will be this weekend, with an not an ideal situation at quarterback. You basically had to replace the entire left side of your offensive line. Including the center. Yeah, your center, left guard, left tackle. Your playmaking, TJ Vasher, was, was unavailable, unavailable after a first – was it the first or second series that he went back, that he went down? It was early. I, I mean, we, we've got a – our offense is about as healthy. I'm so sorry. Our offense is about as healthy as they have been. I can't even uh, since Oklahoma State, and y'all saw how that went. That mm-hmm. went pretty well. That was the game that Vasher went down. Of course, Bowman went down the next game against West Virginia. Uh, Stewers was down at TCU. So, and, and the you know I think Bruffy was out that game. We had. Uh, we had a lot of them come back this last week, but we we still, uh, you know, we still were not sure how Bowman was going to be able to handle everything. And I really think that we're sending our best chance up there. We've really got a good shot to to give these give this defense one of their best tests of the year. Uh, you know, West Virginia put forty two on them. And West Virginia's on, on Iowa State's defense. No, they put 14. Is that right? Oklahoma State put 42 oh, on. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I had it sitting there. And we've kind of 
touched on that before. You held Oklahoma State to 17. Yeah. yeah. Iowa State held them to 42. Yeah, Cornelius was having an off day. <laughs> and it's still water for us, at least. But I, I do feel like the the stars are kind of aligning for Tech offense to have a productive day up there in Iowa State and to have the game at 11, which is normally such a thorn in our side, is probably we're, about we're our claim best this, shot. Yeah, we're going to claim the 11 o'clock start. Yeah. as a We got to own it. As a an advantage, because we're not playing in Ames at night, which we've seen really good teams lose there. I think we talked about it on the post-game reaction. I think Texas Tech not coming off a bye and being not rusty, not uh, whatever you want to say. They've got a little bit of momentum having won their last game. I think that favors them better than Iowa State coming off of a bye week where they've had some extra time to prepare. But maybe they're just – they've been going against their defense for two weeks, whatever. Because yeah. we, we've seen teams come out of a bye week sluggish. Right. And this is the third team we've played out of a bye week. Of course, the the first – you know, the first TCU, they – we each had a bye week, so that's not a big deal. And then we played Kansas after their bye week. Now we're playing Iowa State after theirs. Uh, hopefully they and will come out a little flat. Against those two offenses, or those two teams averaged giving up 15 points. It could it could work no, in Tech's favor, but I, I don't Kansas know. Kansas and TCU. As much as I like to not really dog Campbell, but just kind of dog his fans that that think he's the – the next coming of Bear Bryant. Uh, I think he's, he's going to have his guys ready to play. That stadium's going to be pretty darn full. The, the fans stick around. They they come early. Uh, but it's just not it's just not the same environment as an evening game. And, and one thing, there was something else I, I wanted to point out. The Iowa State Cyclones have yet to go to the red zone this year and not score. They are 100% on red zone offense. However, and that includes 10 out of 10 trips in big 12 play. They have scored every single trip. They haven't turned the ball over once, but are you willing to bet who the number one red zone defense is in conference games? And that is your Texas tech red Raiders out of 12 trips to the red zone. We've only allowed eight scores and Six of those, unfortunately, were touchdowns, but two of them were field goals. And, of course, three of them were turnovers, which we saw two of those, I think, against Kansas. No, just one. Just one. One against Kansas, but you did force – no, no, it was two. You had an interception in the end zone and then the fumble. Right. So you had two turnovers within the five-yard line, and then you forced Kansas to kick a field goal. So they had three possessions inside the five. They got three points. Statistically, you've got the best red zone offense – in the conference facing the best red zone defense in the conference, which is kind of an opposite opposite side to be on in that scenario. You would kind of think if, if someone told you that, you would figure, oh, well, it's got to be Iowa State's got the best red zone defense. They're actually, uh, they're actually tied with for sixth with Texas. They've allowed uh, 12 scores out of 14 trips to the red zone. And then Tech's red zone offense – uh, is actually down there at fifth out of uh, 21 trips. 
they've scored 18 times. But, you know, Iowa State's only been in there 10 times as far as against conference opponents. It could it could work in uh, Tech's favor. Uh, maybe they won't be able to move the ball and get it far enough to even qualify for this stat. But just know that if, if they get in the red zone, there's a very good chance they're going to score. But Tech's been finding a way to – to slow people down there. And that, that was such a, a killer last year and years before to have a team know that, I mean, really, if, if they crossed the 40, you just kind of started to sweat. Well, no, you didn't sweat. You're like, oh, it's over. It's They're like, going oh, to score. Let's just accept it. So, okay, I want to poke a couple more holes in the, the vaunted Iowa State defense really quickly. If you look at passing defense for conference play, right, if you look at total yards, Iowa State is ranked second at 206 yards a game. Um, but if you look at the pass defense efficiency, so how how good the quarterback is against them, they are eighth in the conference with a quarterback rating of 141. So they're letting some good quarterbacks now have, have, a, have a field day, kind of? They have the third highest completion percentage against their, their defense at just under 62%. Texas Tech has the lowest completion percentage against at 54. Well, we did just play that kid from Kansas. But we also played Will Greer. Well, and the kid from TCU. And that kid from Oklahoma State. You can make all the the, <laughs> yeah. the things you want. We played four games. That's That's true. I know. But they, those were those are some uh, poor performances. But it could have been because the guys were covered. The but I know thing. Kansas, the, he just missed some open guys. He did. But here's the thing, though. You forced him into some of those throws, right, like, like you did Taylor Cornelius in Oklahoma State. Like he had some open receivers that he missed. Mm-hmm. One, because that wasn't his game, and that was the only thing that you allowed him to have, like – we will allow you to take a shot. This is not this is not your strong suit. We're going to make you. We're going to allow that to be your option, and defend that. The other thing I want to touch on is the Iowa State offense. They only average three hundred and sixty yards a game, and they've played some trash defenses. Is that total offense? Total offense three hundred and sixty. That is the third lowest. That's two hundred yards fewer than you do. Again, there's a big disparity between the Texas Tech total offense, this is yards, and the Iowa State total defense. But what's not so disparate is the Texas Tech defense and the Iowa State offense. Again, I think their offense isn't good enough to beat your defense if your defense isn't just getting pounded a la... I don't know, Iowa State 2016. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah, 66-10 or whatever awful thing that was. Well, they do have David Montgomery, the, uh, who, okay, who is averaging, of their, their, out of the 300-some-odd yards you just mentioned, he's averaging 124 of them per game. It's almost half of them. On his own mm-hmm. in conference games. A third. And then uh, for the other games, he uh, he averages 105 for, for every game they've played. So he's the number two rushing leader in the Big 12 behind Alex Barnes because, like you said, they just 
Alex Barnes at Kansas State. They just hand him the ball because they don't know what else to do. Uh, I, David Montgomery is is going to be somebody they'll have to be careful with. I mean, which, after which just is seeing, what we said about Puka Williams. Exactly. I was about to say, you know, kind of bring some sun back to this uh, downer trip I'm on here, but Tech really handled Puka Williams well, and just the rushing attack from Kansas overall handled well, held him to less than 100 yards in the first half, and it was still less than 100 yards when the game was over. I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not as worried about Iowa State's offense, except Brock Purdy is a wild card. I, I mean, the kid's only played in two games, but right now he's got 75% completion percentage. Uh, his season quarterback rating is 214. Uh, let's see, he went 18 for 23 at Stillwater. He went 18 for 25 against West Virginia at home. Uh, I mean, he's got some talent. Uh, he's thrown seven touchdowns. He's got a couple of picks, but he's he's really played well, and he's going to be kind of the wild card because we haven't seen enough of him to know what all he can and can't do. And I hope that Gibbs has something figured up to get to really get some pressure on him and and try to force him into something that he he doesn't want to do, kind of like what Iowa State's going to try to do to Bowman. Same thing, but I, I don't think they have the the talent at the receiver position like Tech does. I mean, Tech has some – Wesley's got the most receptions in the Big 12 by far. Uh, Vasher's great. High is great. Carter, all those guys. You can just get the ball in their vicinity and they're going to catch it. They've got some really uh, gifted playmaking abilities. Iowa State, I don't think they have that, especially not to that extent – uh, as as Tech does, I, I think we're we're fortunate in that aspect. I, I do think we will have a good chance to score on these guys uh, and move the ball and, and convert the third ball. downs. I, I, there's some more some stats I want to get to once you're done. No, your no, points. that's uh, that's just kind of what I was getting at. Is I think Purdy's the wild card, but I just don't think his receiving core is going to be quite as uh, dominant as you know West Virginia's was. And even Houston's Houston's guys were they're, they're still I still think about that game they they were so big and fast and they they were hard to cover but I, I think we'll have a good shot covering the the receiving core over at Iowa State okay so we're, we're throwing a lot of stats at you guys we're looking at the Big Twelve Sports Statistical Guide we've probably told you that it's sixteen pages a couple more a couple more categories I want to point out to you. Um. Sorry, I I forgot where I wanted to start. Let, okay, let's just look at uh third down conversions in terms of your offense converting third downs. Texas Tech nearly fifty percent. You're second in the conference behind West Virginia, who does at exactly fifty percent. You're at forty nine point one. West Virginia's at fifty. Iowa State is ninth at thirty five percent. That's another strength versus weakness matchup here where your third down conversion, sorry, your opponent third down conversion rate for your defense, the Texas Tech defense allows 30.8% conversion, which is, again, second best in the conference by about a full point. TCU leads there at 29.9 here at 30.8. 
Iowa State, seventh, 41.4. They give up 41% conversion percentage, and you already convert 50. That's definitely in our favor. Whereas, again, like I said, the and On both sides of the true. ball. Mm-hmm. On both sides of the ball, that's in our favor. Time of possession, if you want to look into that, you're first. Texas Tech <laughs> offense leads the conference in, in time of possession. Your Texas Tech Raiders. Iowa State is sixth by like four minutes, which is a good drive. Um, penalties, obviously, you're not doing too good there. I don't mean, I don't, yeah, we'll, I don't we'll, get there. We'll, we'll just we'll just skip that. Okay, and then the red zone offense. You you point out they're 100. They've gone into the red zone the fewest amount of times of anybody in the conference at 16. Right. Yeah, I think that was a testament to their offense. Just not. They don't. Maybe they get good field position, or maybe they. I, I, I wish I could look into it more. I don't know if they break big plays beyond the 20. Uh, you know, they've got, I'd have to look at like their, maybe they've got some 25 yard touchdown runs and 25 yard touchdown passes and stuff. But yeah, only 10 trips to the red zone and conference play that, that I remember mm-hmm. looking and 16 overall. Yeah. Whereas Texas tech has gone to the red zone 42 times. Yeah. We've, we've, we've been in most, there. most out of the, anybody in the conference by, by what's that? Seven. Oklahoma state's been there the second most at 35. And you're converting, you've converted 37 of your 42 trips into points. So you're 88%, 29 of those touchdowns, and eight field goals. Sorry, I was, I was trying to f- figure out where the... Field goals. You're eight of nine. Plural, we're doing it, guys. Eight of nine. And well, I can't even remember the one he missed. That was in Oklahoma State, wasn't it? It might have been. Yeah. You know I it's pretty so. good when you can't remember where the missed field goal came from. The other thing, again, red zone defense, if you flip it, Texas Tech is third in the conference. You've only allowed opponents, this is for the entire season, not just for conference play, 21 trips into the red zone to your 42. Mm-hmm. You're getting there twice as many times as the your, your opposing offense. Only giving up 76% of those trips are turned into points. Iowa State, seventh. They've allowed 14, or sorry, 17 trips. So just a few a few fewer. They've also played one fewer game than you have. Mm-hmm. 82%. Nine touchdowns, five of six touch, uh, field goals, where you've given up 10 touchdowns to their nine, six of seven field goals. I think we've all been... We've seen Texas Tech struggle against the Iowa State defense, and we're a little gun shy. But like, I don't remember the statistical matchups they were a couple years ago. But it's not as scary in 2018 as maybe it has been, or maybe that we're making it out to be. One, you are outside of the betting line, which has moved to two and a half points, two points. Since it opened, which is a pretty big move, you're still being predicted to win this game on the road. You basically, in every um, significant st- statistical category, you lead outside of like total defense, which I, I was telling Michael before we hit record. It's not, it shouldn't be he- as heavily weighted as, as um, scoring defense. And you're almost neck and neck with them on scoring defense. So, again, 
I said I, I like your matchup here. I think you do go into Ames and you get this win. I think that it may be a a closer game, like like a touchdown maybe. Yeah, um, I would think so for sure. Maybe like 31-24, kind of liking that one, how that feels. That's it. That's solid. Michael, That's good. I, I, now that we've gone through the preview, let, let's hear your prediction. I, I do – have a feeling that Texas Tech and company is going to be able to score on these guys. They're, it's not going to be prolific. It's it's not going to be as ugly as the TCU game was because I think Bowman will take care of the ball a little bit better. And I think we've seen the TCU defense is actually better than the Iowa State defense. Uh, in a lot of ways, they, they probably are. I, but I think that it'll be a one of those games that – you know, we'll see some punts when we wish we hadn't. But the Tech's going to be able to move the ball and score on these guys. I'm not going to say Assume, relentless. Assuming you get off the bus, because you, you probably had that same thought in 2016 with the Patrick Mahomes offense, and you scored your first touchdown in the fourth quarter. Kingsbury's even seemed salty in he has. interviews this week. It, he he seems like he... He's fired up about this one. Yeah, this is... I don't. I wouldn't put it up there with heading to Fayetteville and... You know, against against Old Brett, but I, it's probably close just because he doesn't want to lose again like he did, and he doesn't want to lose for a third time in a row to this same coach. So I, I think he's got a chip on his shoulder this week, and and I think it will translate a little bit to the team. It may even be calculated that he may even be putting that on a little bit so that the team will kind of pick up on it too I, I remember seeing a video after their win and in, in, uh, in Fort Worth of him in the locker room and those guys were uh, they were really excited to play for him and I I was just happy to see that environment in the locker room so I, I feel like Cliff's Cliff sorry wow you're on the first name basis with <laughs> no coach. I am not I feel like Kingsbury is gonna have his guys ready to go um, Gibbs too you know it the staff, it's got to be a priority this week. None of them want a repeat of what's happened up in Ames uh, two years ago. and Or even, you know, at the homecoming game last year. So that was kind of a kick in the teeth on top of it. Just ran all over us there. So I'm getting around to where I'm kind of hem-hawing, but the line was what, three and a half? Mm-hmm. It's now three and a half. I, I'm going to pick something closer. I, I'm thinking more like uh, I'm thinking Iowa State may cover, but I'm still going to pick Tech to win. What? And it's it's <laughs> going to be more of a right now <laughs> because because I'm just sitting here. It's going to be more of like a 31-28 game is is what I've got in my head because Purdy. Seems like a talented guy, and they may be able to figure some stuff out. Montgomery can run the ball. Uh, if they if they get in the red zone, they're going to be hard to stop. I mean, we've got a great defense in that category, but that doesn't mean they can't uh, you know they can't beat it a couple of times if they get in the red zone. They don't get in there very often, but when they do, <laughs> it's kind of the Dosecki's red zone. But uh, I, I think it'll be pretty close, and. We'll see a we'll see a win in Ames for the first time in four years. 
It's been a while. The one other thing I want to touch on before we move on to your questions and everything, turnover margin. The oh, okay. Yeah. Iowa State, while they they manage you by slowing down your, your yards or whatever and points. Sorry, I, I keep looking at the window there because somebody walked by a few minutes ago. Oh, okay. No, I, I knew that, but I didn't know if they were still there. No, I just like just the tiny window in the door. And I was like, is they there? Are they there? Are they there? Um, they've, they've forced or not forced, but recovered 16 turnovers total. Eight fumbles, eight interceptions. No, no, I'm so sorry. I, I'm reading that wrong. Gained. They've only gained eight turnovers. They've turned the ball over themselves eight times. Oh, I see. So they are even on the turnover margin. They've only they've only gained eight turnovers. They are second lowest. Um, there's three or four teams um, down there with six. One, two, yeah, the three teams with six. Then there's Iowa State with eight. Two teams with nine. Anyways, your defense, Texas Tech, has forced the second most turnovers at 12. Behind, of course, Kansas, who is just ridiculously outpacing everybody in that one. And they're plus 14. You helped them. You helped their turnover margin this weekend. You lost yeah, a little that battle. Boost. Slight boost. So you're plus one. I'm so sorry. I just like gulped right into the microphone. Plus one on turnover margin. They're even. Because you turn, like, the margin would suggest it's a lot closer, but you're turning people over a lot more than they are. You turn over the ball a lot more with Jet Duffy. He's thrown four of your interceptions mm-hmm. in like two games worth of work. Al- Alan Bowman has thrown four interceptions in like five games of work. Right. And even that last interception at against Kansas was arm punt. Well, yeah, yeah, pretty much. It just, well, trying to, trying to do a little bit too much ball. at the end of the half. Yeah. Again, just because I want to rub it in their face, TCU down there on the margin, minus 10. This not, was like Texas tech a couple of years ago. Not, well, not a few best, years ago, not the best ball security on, on that side of the ball, but, which that's just how they've bad gained, it is. Yeah. They've, they've gained the, the, the least amount of turnovers at six, and they turn it over sixteen. To have such a have such a good defense, especially statistically, and then of course just athletically, to have that that good of a defense and then not have that many turnovers, it just kind of it kind of cements the fact that I think a lot of it's just really turnovers are, are kind of luck. You can create some of them, but you not, can not create, that many. You can create coverage. So, excuse me. You can create coverage interceptions. I think. Um, I agree, and and you can force fumbles too. But recovering those, but is recovering more, them is the yes. And then tipping passes is more on the side of recovering a forced fumble. Like you, you can tip passes, but catching those is as about as determined by luck as recovering a fumble. Yep. Now, granted, the more times that you defend a pass, which Texas Tech is up there with passes defended. I think Texas Tech has three defenders ahead of the first Iowa State defender in terms of passes defended. The more times, more opportunities you create for that, the more times you're going to turn the ball over or to force a turnover. Excuse me. Speaking of defense, sorry. So, what do you think about Tony Jones being available this week? Hopefully, help with some pressure on Brock Purdy. We've seen 
Last week, Colin Hill kind of stepped in for, for Tony Jones. Mm-hmm. He himself had a little bit of a game, two sacks. Not that I, I want to replace Colin Hill. I just think having another set of fresh legs in there, Tony Jones has done a good job so far this season, is just going to help maintain pressure on Purdy yep. and their offense. We've seen David Gibbs dial up some really fun pressures and blitzes this season, mostly coming from Surprisingly like Surprisingly sometimes. Yeah, like he's, he's called some, some safety blitzes, some corner blitzes, a lot of linebacker blitzes. You see a lot of Jordan Brooks blitzing, which I think is it's a lot of fun because he's a big Brooks dude. Brooks got to him too, didn't he? Yeah, he's a big dude. Like you, you think about like a, a Tony Jones, like he's like a rush end right. hybrid linebacker. Type, but Brooks is like a, a middle linebacker, middle linebacker on like a freight train coming at you <laughs> on a blitz, dude. It's it's fun and and when he gets there, just like just rocks, rocks the the ball carrier. All right, so we're both picking Texas Tech to win this one. I'm picking Tech to cover. I, I think it'll be about a touchdown game. Michael's saying about. More of a three-point game, so yeah. Iowa State would cover as long as the line doesn't continue to move, which it may. Um, let's get to your questions. Of course, many, many great questions. We are Look at us. We are ahead of schedule. Hey, all right. I'm, I'm look at us. It. Guns Up Nation, when was the last time Tech was this deep at running backs? And he, he references a tweet from the Texas Tech football Twitter account where it says that Texas Tech is actually leading the conference and rushing touchdowns, 22 touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, over six different running backs. So one, I don't know when the last time Texas Tech had that many rushing touchdowns halfway through the season with that many running backs. Well, and maybe ever. And and to be fair, I think it's just backs in general because you know Duffy has some of those, and you know maybe yeah, I was, Bowman. I was considering quarterback as a rusher. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you're looking at Dayland Ward, Trey King, Sir Roderick Thompson, Tajon Henry, Demarcus Felton, and. Jet Duffy. There's all six. I count them off. <laughs> That's got to be them. Um, Tejon Henry has the most rushing touch. I think he's got eight. He does. Which I think maybe even a few years ago, like your leading rusher for the entire season had eight. He has eight. I think Justin games. Stockton had like one or two rushing touchdowns a couple seasons ago, like his junior season. I can't Tejon believe Tejon Henry, true freshman, yeah. through seven games, has eight. He had four in one game. But, I mean, if he's going to go off for four in one game, it's not because he's just lucky. Not like they got to the one-yard line and then handed it to him. He, in that game, he was like their leading rusher. He's been the leading rusher for basically any game he's played in as long as it's not Jet Duffy. Right. Um, so, like I said, I don't know when the last time Texas Tech has, has done this well, rushing the ball outside of pre-Mike Leach days, and that predates my fandom by like a decade. I. I mean, uh, Torian Henderson was really good running back during Mark was, Leach days. Well, but but it was it to, was to his just point. Him. That was just one. Like yeah, Tech has has had good running backs like yeah, Andre Washington, Washington, of course, Eric Stevens, Baron Batch, but they've basically carried the rushing offense single handedly, right? And that year uh, it was 2008. It was Shannon Woods, and then Baron Batch a little bit. Right. 2009 was a running back by committee. It was Baron Batch. Shannon Woods, um, Harrison Jeffers, here's a name, Eric Stevens. And then from there, it shifted to Eric Stevens and DeAndre Washington, Kenny Williams. And then it was Kenny Williams, DeAndre Washington, 
DeAndre Washington, DeAndre Washington. <laughs> yeah, he just handed him the ball. It, it, Lynn Stockton, I think Stockton would get a few handoffs with Washington around, didn't he? So, yeah, I, I don't think you have got the top-end talent on one running back that you did on any of those teams. Maybe, if you're looking at like Baron Batch. Like, if Baron Batch is your number one running back, I think you can probably say you've got a better top-end running back now on potential than Baron Batch. But in terms of depth, I don't I don't think ever. I can't think about depth having you know, you're you're getting to your fourth running back. Because for for And you're equally excited to see who it is. For some of those in. games you're running your fourth and fifth string running backs. And yeah. they were doing like Tajon Henry and Sir Roger Thompson were were eating. They were feasting. Yeah, and Sir Roger Thompson hopefully is gonna be redshirted for the rest of the year. And he had he has a couple hundred rushing yards and three touchdowns. He has three touchdowns, yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna say I can't think of a time where Texas Tech has been as deep or as talented top to bottom as they are currently. No way. Okay. Tate Baumgartner at T-Bomb 15. Before this season, I thought our toughest stretch would be Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and TCU. Then OSU went 3-0. West Virginia had Greer, and TCU played the Ohio State well. And we went 2-1. Now I think Iowa State, Oklahoma, and UT is the toughest we will see this season. Which did y'all see as the toughest before the season? And what do we see as the toughest now? Before this season, I would probably agree that it was going to be Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and TCU because of your previous records against them. Because um, you hadn't beaten Oklahoma State in like a decade. You haven't beaten them in Stillwater in like, what was it, 16 or 17 years? Yeah, it's 2001. You've played TCU close, but they were all, you know, at that, that point in the season, they were all about Sean Robinson and their defense was going to be even more locked down than they have been before. And they, and the defense is good. Sean Robinson, I think, is out for the season with uh, an injury. I think that was relatively new, late breaking news as we're recording, maybe, past couple of days. Yeah. West Virginia, obviously, their defense has always given you some trouble. And then they're led on offense by a Heisman candidate. So going into those three games, you're like, man, I don't know how we're going to do. You do two and one at a chance to go three and zero. Oh. Well, two and one, and you could have tied the game against West Virginia had had you not had a horrific start. Yeah, and had to play catch up. Um, now you've got I- Iowa State. You've struggled with them the past couple of years, just like you you have with those other three teams. But going into this game, I think you look at their defense as not as strong as you maybe thought they were going to be. Their offense is still pretty middling or back of the pack for the, the Big 12 Conference. Your defense is obviously way better. Um, the defense for Oklahoma is like as worse as it's looked in a long time. They fired their defensive coordinator. They've got Ruffin McNeil as interim, and he's going to have his hands full trying to turn that around. Texas defense looks good. Yeah, still not quite sure who you're not sure what you get is just yet on offense though. Right. They, they've had good games like like the game against Oklahoma. They were they were really good on offense, but they haven't. But then they let Oklahoma back in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and almost lost. Uh, I forgot they were up by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Uh huh. And almost blew it. Oklahoma tied it in the fourth quarter. You're not sure what you get with from Ellinger since he's. Still dealing with some some injury. They haven't had a, a running back really break out and take over their their starting role. They've got some really talented 
and big explosive receivers and little John, little Jordan Humphrey, Colin Johnson, Colin Johnson. Is that a name? No, Colin. I know it's Collins or Colin is the first name. Yes. It's Colin Johnson. That sounds right. I'm, I'm pretty sure. And the other guy, I, I'm, I'm blanking his name. So they've got, they've got skill. I just think you, you get them at home. Um, your, your home field advantage hasn't been super great, but I think you've got a, you've got a good shot in Ames this weekend. You've got a good shot against the Oklahoma defense. Now that one's going to be, it's going to need a um, fantastic game for your offense. Um, no, excuse me, from your defense because Oklahoma offense is <laughs> about as scary as facing Alabama yeah, right it's now. pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, Adam, if you're listening, no, we don't want Alabama. No we, Bama. Don't, we don't want Bama. We don't want Bama. I, I wanted to throw th- something out there. I, I can't argue too much with, with Tate's toughest stretch, you know, starting at the season. I could possibly have gone with, uh, I, I don't know. I could possibly have gone with West Virginia, TCU, Iowa State as a pretty tough three-game stretch at the beginning of the season, kind of for the same reason that Oklahoma State uh, is a tough way to look at getting a win um, in their house. We've had trouble in Iowa State lately, so I kind of had that on my brain. But I think what you've got there – makes sense to me that that's probably what I thought when the game, when the season started, I would also agree that, yeah, we're in the, we're in the middle of our toughest stretch right now um, with Iowa state, OU and UT. And man, I was going to, I was going to go somewhere with that. And then I totally, I totally biffed where I was going to (laughs) go. I can't remember what it was. Well, so what I was going to say, I I think looking at this, you're looking at six different opponents as being tough stretch, right? Six yeah. of nine. You've got Kansas that breaks up the first three and the second three, and then you end with Kansas State and Baylor. Oh, yeah. So the I, big, I left out Kansas in my alternate three-game scenario. Well, it's because they, they they divide Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and TCU. Right. And Iowa State, Oklahoma, Texas, obviously, as we are just going through the schedule. We didn't catch any breaks in terms of, like, having some – air quotes, cupcakes to break those up. Um, you've got two tough three-game stretches. I remember what I was going to say now. The The game time for OU will be determined. They get to use their six-day window for that game time. It's going to be determined Sunday. It'll be determined you. after this game. Uh, that could kind of weigh my confidence because his next question is, uh, or, you know, Sorry, I'm kind of jumping ahead to Cooper's question. Uh, Cooper Burnett asks next, out of these next three games, which one are you most confident about and least confident about? I'm thinking, I wish I could answer this on Sunday, if the OU game is a night game, which there's a chance it'll either be a night game or a 2.30 game. Those are the two options. Oklahoma plays Kansas State this weekend. They're favored by 25. Oh, gosh. So if, if so Tech, they're going to win and probably win pretty big. Right. And if Tech comes away with a with a win in Ames, which I that would just be a big if, and I don't want to look past or anything. But out of these next three games, if OU is a night game, if I was guaranteed that right now it was a night game, I would think – Oddly enough, I would feel most confident about that because we could score on those guys 
it could be another Mahomes Mayfield showdown kind of game that you know that happened two years ago. I, I could really see something crazy like that going on with their offense. Uh, I'm not super confident going into Ames. Um, I'm not super confident playing OU either on a especially on a 2:30 kick. I'm, I'm slightly. I'm I'm not confident playing UT. I, I mean, these that's a great question. I, you don't want to say I'm I'm. I, I'd have to pick Iowa State right now. I, that is where I would pick of the next three games. That's who I'm most confident. Yeah, for, for me, it would either be Iowa State or Texas. But saying that doesn't mean I'm like I'm super confident about any. I mean, of course not. Yeah, I'm, this I'm, is a I'm, varying. I'm, I feel fairly confident about this game this weekend. Although I can, I can see a scenario where you go up to Ames and you don't perform at all and get yeah, yeah. housed like you have previously. Put like, up three points in the first quarter, give up twenty four, then just never catch up. Which is funny to say against like Iowa State, but their defense would be able to hold you that way. If they you could. if you spot them a big lead, you may not be able to come back. I think the way you're going to beat Iowa State is if you're steady and efficient, and you continue to put put up points. Like you have a ten point quarter and a seven point quarter and a fourteen point quarter, and not like a, a zero or a three. Right. Um, least confident, I would say Oklahoma, because. Well, I feel most confident about you facing their defense. Their offense is ridiculous. Um, yeah, they they own a lot of the categories. They are the most explosive offense in the country, even behind Alabama, by like three hundredths of a yard <laughs> per play. <laughs> okay, I think they. Because I they, saw Alabama was number one, and I just oh man, they're unstoppable. Unstoppable this year. I think Alabama is number one total offense, which is just ridiculous. But I think yards per play, Alabama is second. Oklahoma is first. I think it's like the very narrowest of margin. I think it's like three hundredths of a yard per Mm. play. And there's a huge gap between two and three. (laughs) Jeez. They've put up 200 points in conference play. 340 total. You've put up 140 points in conference, 307. So, like, you've you've had a pretty big drop-off between your conference performance in terms of games or points per game to theirs. Well, and 50-something of those was against TCU. They just mm-hmm. throttled TCU last week. And we put up 77 in a non-conference game. Right. They, But that, that's what I was getting at is they've – you know, TCU's the number, supposed to be the best defense in the Big 12. Well, didn't matter to OU that day. They have they took it to them at home. TCU has the second worst offense in conference play. I believe 74 that. points in four games. Better than Kansas by one point. Hey, thanks for whistling like quietly so it would pick up and not like blow out there. <laughs> Our good listeners' ears. I breathed in. Can you do it? Can you do an inhale whistle? Yep. Now we're whistling. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cooper, th- th- thanks for sending some more questions. You, you had some great ones this past weekend. I feel like there was something else that you had mentioned before we called for questions. I'm going to try to pull it up really quickly. And I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm off of Wi-Fi, and it's now trying to. Well, I I, I could read. Uh, we have one one more question. 
Sure. Let's do that while I look up Cooper's. From uh, Red Raider Reset Man 84, always giving us some good questions. Uh, he says, Tech never does a good job in Ames or at 11 a.m. games or cold weather, but I feel <laughs> like this is the year to break the cycle. I think we're both with you there. It, everything you said is true. They've, they have not done well in Ames and on, on recent trips, even on trips where they've won. Uh, 11 a.m. is not good. Cold weather is not great either. But I, there's something about this team this year um, and, and a very healthy offense that has me convinced that they can come away with a win and they can uh, they can change up mid-game and try to confuse uh, Campbell and the defense as much as they possibly can. So I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. On, on your claims and on feeling like this is the year they'll break the cycle. And let's, let's hold off on his second question there. Yeah, okay. yeah I was going to wait. So there are actually two questions that we missed. One's from Kelly Utterbach, and I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. He's, he asked, why do you think Iowa State has had our number the last few seasons? I think because they've employed a defense we haven't seen, and Kingsbury hasn't been able to to adjust the offense in a meaningful way. I think we've seen that I've seen we've seen that ability change this year, especially with Kevin Johns. I think given a third shot at it and with another set set of eyes, that the offense should look much better this go around than the previous two. And I think that that answers his second question says, what will we do differently on Saturday to make sure it doesn't happen again? I think you're gonna be a lot more effective in the run game. You're gonna make them be a little more honest on defense. It's where they can't drop back eight. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, and we also have a kicker. We do have a kicker that won't be messing things up. Yeah. Um, so Cooper Burnett. So his is a follow up from from last weekend. Appreciate y'all answering all these. Hit my character limit. Did want to clarify. UT game is after the OU game. So this is talking about when he asks us about the. the game I realized game. that after that recording. Yeah. Sorry, soft, guys. Soft schedule around the country. We'd be coming off a win over Oklahoma. They'd be coming off a win over West Virginia. Does that how does that change how y'all think about potential game day? If you put it that way, and you win this weekend, win against Oklahoma, and they win this weekend against uh, Oklahoma State, and the next weekend against West Virginia, they're going to be at eight and one. You'll be at seven and two. Then yeah, I think that's a great possibility for you to be hosting game day. Texas is already number six in the country. If you win this week and next week, you're obviously going to be ranked, I would say, top 15. Because I think you were you were just outside of being ranked this week. I think you were 26th. If you win this weekend against Iowa State, I think you jump in the rankings. And obviously, if you beat Oklahoma, I think you'll jump into the top 15-ish area, like the 14 to 16 range. I think a a top five Texas, which I, I think they'll probably scoot up a little bit if they win both these weeks against a top 15 Texas Tech. I think that would be cause for game day in Lubbock. So I will revise my, my answer to your question this past weekend. The only thing I'm going to do is, you know, I'm looking at week 11. Uh, let's see. Who's playing who? Yeah, not a lot of good games that week. You've got Auburn and Georgia. Auburn's been struggling. Michigan and Rutgers, whoa. Ooh, that's going to be brutal. LSU and Arkansas. Mm. Brutal. Clemson, Boston College, mm-hmm. Alabama and Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Um, it's – What about Well, West? you've got Bedlam that week. 
Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, but that's not going to mean as much this year. Oklahoma State's, yeah, falling off. Is there any, any good games out in Pac-12 country? I'm, I'm trying to see. Um, so, no, we're good. <laughs> Washington State, Colorado, but they've already been there for Washington State. It's it, The game's actually at Colorado. They're 5-2 and two right now. Uh, oh, okay, well, you've got Wisconsin and Penn State. That's a possibility. And you've got Oregon and Utah. That There's not a lot of great lineups. I mean, there's a there's a decent chance. That as long as you take care of business. If you take, I mean, you know, lots of lots of ifs, lots of looking ahead. Uh, but it's it's not like there's a clear cut, oh, well, you know, the Iron Bowl's that week. So. Yeah, you don't have a big game like that. Although, no. I don't know if they I mean, it wouldn't be that big a game this year. Yeah. All right, Red Raider Reset Man also asks, as far as meat goes, so I also kind of Yeah, you got you to gotta read your that. question that you, that you put out to get oh. this response. I, I'll do it. I've got it pulled up. Spencer, when he sent out the, the call for questions today, he said... Uh, Which, it, it, was, it was inspired by, by Rob's question to you this morning. Yeah, because Rob, Rob just, right before we went to break, I mentioned something about Hub City Barbecue Cook-Off or something, and, or about writing, asked, writing about food on Steak in the Plains. Yeah, and, and he asked you what's your favorite. like, what's your favorite cut of meat? And I just, first thing popped in my head was ribeye. That makes a dang good steak. And though. I think I still stand by that. But uh, anyway, the, so that's what Spencer asked. He was, you know, he first asked, will Iowa State get the better of tech again this season? Also, is there a best cut of meat? And so, so this is where this uh, answer comes from. He says, as far as meat goes, a good cheap cut I prefer is chuck eye steak. But if I'm spending some change on a cut of meat, it is without a doubt ribeye. I I really like ribeye. I've thought about this answer. It, it holds up well to the reverse sear method. Yeah. I've tested this one. I've it, thought about this it answer does well. quite a bit. And, you know, and Matt Turney, Turney M77 chimed in later mm-hmm. and he said, no, there is no quote best cut of meat. He said the best cut of meat is the cut that you're in the mood for. Oh, which I also agree with because as soon as I, as soon as I said ribeye, I thought, yeah, but I've been, I've been really enjoying smoking some sirloins lately and that's been really fun. And, Man, beef tenderloin's good too, and I like a good, great pork chop, like one of those <laughs> double bone-in pork chops. So I, I'm kind of leaning more towards that. But when when you're just asked on the spur of the moment, best cut of meat or favorite cut of meat, I I think ribeye is probably still my my answer. Prime rib's good, but it's it's not easy to cook. I can cook a great ribeye, but prime rib is just kind of a different ball game. A lot more prep, a lot more stuff you got to deal with, and, and we, it's a lot more expensive. And we did that for Christmas last year. It was really good, but it, yeah, it was, yeah. It was I mean, it's more great. I, I really like it, and I really miss Harrigan's because I think Harrigan's had some of the best prime rib I've ever had here in town, and it was mesquite smoked, and uh, just sadly, <laughs> just sadly miss that it's gone. We got another late submission question from. Oh man, just under the wire. I know. So this is somebody that sent us a few questions for the post game. Adele, uh, random stat. This is something we talked about. So she's going to back me up on this one. Random stat: Iowa State has been in the red zone 16 times over six games. They're perfect: eight touchdowns, eight field goals. Tech 42 times, scoring 88 percent. Perfect is impressive, but 16 times is really low. Perhaps a weakness somewhere to exploit. I would agree. I I, I would need to do a little bit more research and just figure out why they've only scored. They've only been in the red zone 16 times. Yeah, is it they're, chunk plays or, or what's well, going on? So they're they're only scoring 26 points a game. So they're not going. They're not scoring a lot, anyways. Right. 
I would say that I don't know about the ratio of scoring big plays from outside the red zone to inside the red zone and how that relates to Texas Tech. I do think 16 is not a lot. You've been there two and a half as many times as they have, and you've you've played one more game than they have. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think, I don't know. I, I say this every week. This is going to be an interesting game because this, this season's turning out a lot differently than I would have said six months ago. I think I think we all I think we all agree with that. Okay. I'm gonna ask you, do you have any cord cutters corner updates for us? I I do not. Uh everything's been going well. I got to watch the Spurs beat the Lakers last night. I, I'm just kidding. I didn't stay up that late. Nobody cares about the NBA right now, man. No, I do. Game the World three. S- World Series is going on. So. Oh yeah. The uh Boston Dodgers and the gosh, who is it? The Boston Red Sox, yes, and the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's right, the place with the hot dogs. Sure. All right, going yard. If you don't have anything, I will still say that my fence is still jammed open. They're supposed to come out tomorrow because I finally said, "Hey, there's something else I want you to come look at." And while you're here, can you fix the fence? Oh, that was smart. They're coming out tomorrow. Lump it in. Um, hey, my air conditioner is on fire. By the way, while you're here, can you come look at the fence? Um, this cold snap this past week has put a lot of stress on the Bermuda around the neighborhood, and I'm loving it because oh, my yeah. the fescue is as dark. My yard, as, lo- my yard looks like trash. Oh, it's so good. There's some green around the edges of the sidewalk, and that's which about is, it. Which is where it, it's it's warmest because the, the the concrete warms up. Ah, from the sun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, which is also like if you if you apply weed weed control whatever, oh, it's going to wear off the first on the edges because the heat's going to break it down. Well, and that's where knowledge. I'm, I'm still sticking with my stance on not mowing. I have yet to mow. I'm determined to only mow once more this year, and my Bermuda is crawling slowly towards the road. <laughs> I'll I, take care of it though. If if any of my neighbors are listening, I'll take care of it before um, before Thanksgiving. I mowed this past weekend preparing for a Halloween domination where my yard looks fantastic while everybody's coming up to my house, uh, which is working out so well because of all the Bermuda that's checking out already. Yeah, we had our we had our first freeze last week. so that's, We did? Yeah, officially. Oh, wow. It was 4 a.m. Monday morning, 4.30 a.m. Monday morning at right. 32 degrees. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's done. It's but gone. it was I think it was just a really... They probably dipped at thirty two for a everyone, second. Right. I don't think everyone <laughs> it wasn't one of those overnight it was twenty seven that yeah. kind of freezes. So the there's still some green Bermuda floating around. My neighbor across the street, theirs looks pretty good. I don't know how. I have no <laughs> idea how. Mine is just mine is gone. Gone's all this. So I'm preparing for, for that uh the Halloween domination. I, I, I mowed on, on Saturday before I went to the game. Put some nice diagonal stripes into the yard. I'm going to mow a different direction this next week to get more of a checkerboard and diamonds in there. It's going to be you so would. good. It's going to be would. so good. Gosh. So, so good. Got a baseball diamond out there. Yep. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this week's podcast. We look forward to hearing, look forward to talking to you again next week.